0: The podcast this week is brought to you by the Door County Beer Festival. The Peninsula's largest celebration of craft beer returns to Bailey's Harbor on June 16, 2018, with more than 150 different beers from 53 different breweries from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Illinois. Festival gourds get unlimited tastings in the Peninsula Pulse tasting tent from 12 to 4 p.m., while VIP attendees will get early entry and exclusive access to specialty beers from five Wisconsin breweries. Tickets are $40 and are available at doorcountytickets.com. For more information, visit doorcountybeerfestival.com. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Jackson Parr, Assistant News Editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Jackson?
1: Not too bad, Andrew. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, of course. Let's get uh, let's get right into it this week. Uh, on Monday the 11th, the Ephraim board met and deliberated on some of the stuff that we talked about for the podcast last week. Can you give us the update?
1: Yeah, so uh, the board met on Monday night and basically approved the gamut of streetscape projects. So that includes burial of the utility lines, uh, just like Sister Bay did, um, a bit of reconstruction of the road between the beach and the old firehouse museum, a replacement of the street light system. Uh, pretty much every project that was up for a vote was approved. Estimated cost on that, about $4.85 million. Um, notably, the petitioners that had kind of sought to limit the board's spending authority without approval from the voters. Uh, that petition was rescinded. They decided not to pursue that any longer. So really it was kind of a, an anticlimactic end to a four-year, uh, sometimes contentious project in Ephraim. Gotcha. So it just, it kind of went over without uh, a big fight.
0: It sounds like.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the months leading up to this, there there have been a few pretty loud voices at the village board meetings uh, in opposition to parts of the project. But once they got a larger portion of the Ephraim population there, uh, it was near unanimous support for the plethora of activities. Some of the things
0: that are, are going to be changing in Ephraim, uh, are, are these changes going to alleviate some of the
1: pedestrian walking problems that we've been seeing in the last couple of years? So that's the idea, particularly with the sidewalk uh, between the beach and the firehouse museum, um, which can then kind of if you if you can visualize Ephraim, will then there'll be a crosswalk across to the, the water side where you'll kind of access the park there. And yeah, pedestrian safety was a big concern. Really, stormwater was the big thing. And. Not to get into it too too deep, but in order to manage the stormwater, they had to do a curb. Once you do a curb, you kind of need a sidewalk. So that was kind of the the ABC justification for, for how they came to that approval. Right. Everything followed in order. Yeah. And really, it, stormwater was the big thing. Uh, I don't think a single person was opposed to uh, alleviating the stormwater issues, particularly on that. If you think about that kind of southern section of the downtown area. So everything is uh, moving forward. They're going to start with uh, some construction of culverts, so stormwater culverts underneath the highway. And I believe the streetlight bases uh, this fall and then rest of the project should proceed in uh, 2019. So maybe a very different fear ball next year. Could be. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be feeling the heat to get that that done before the festival, right? Uh, moving on, uh,
0: you wrote an article for the early summer Door County Living magazine um, about a sailboat that was refurbished and is now going to sail around the world. I don't know anything about it, so why don't you tell me uh, kind of what what happened with
1: this? Yeah, so I think uh, this was this just kind of filtered across my desk. Uh, a man named Dan McNeil got a boat in Chicago in, I think it was 1986, just a beat up old, he called it a hole in the water, had it shipped up here, and basically has been plugging away at it for about 30 years, and now it's reaching the end of the reconstruction phase, and uh, him and his wife are planning to sail around the world starting later this year, so they should launch. He said that I'm invited to the launch sometime this this summer, and it was funny. It's funny talking to him because cause he he was very adamant about the fact that this was not a restoration of an old ship. It was a complete reconstruction. Um, it was a rebirth. Though. It was. It was like it was hardly the same ship it was basically like the image the likeness of this old ship built into something new and modern sure there probably wasn't
0: enough to restore but it's cool I mean Dor County has a very rich maritime history and I've gotten to speak with a lot of sailors and sailing enthusiasts over my time with the pulse and it's cool to see like this relic of the past that has been kind of remade and is now going to set sail around the world
1: like you said it, it's just it's
0: something about that is so very door county in a, in a way
1: yeah and it's funny because uh, so so they're they're working on it in this very nondescript uh little kind of storage warehouse out just outside of Bailey's Harbor I mean you drive by and you'd, ne- you'd never know what was in this beat-up old looks almost like a shack and then you go in and like there's this massive boat that takes up the entire inside and it's really incredible. And one of the cool things about writing this was that uh, in the winter issue of the magazine that came out this year, uh, I had done a story on the three routes out of Door County by sea or by water. So there's the Chicago Sanitary Canal to the Mississippi River, kind of the Erie Canal and the St. Lawrence Seaway. And that was kind of a cool, it was kind of a, uh, a way for me to imagine leaving Door County for the For the winter, if you will, Um, go on a little adventure. And so this was kind of a cool extension of that. So Dan and his wife are going to they're going to take that southerly Chicago canal to the Mississippi River. That route, so I was well versed in in as he was describing his route. I knew what he was talking about, which always feels good as a as a writer is there Is
0: there any uh, attempt to document their trip? Are they going to be
1: blogging this or taking photos, or are they just going and coming back with stories you know i, I 'm not quite sure Dan strikes me as someone that uh, would not go through great pains to uh document everything he 's kind of just going to set sail and, and see what happens. I mean, they don't really have a timeline on when they need to be back. They're two retired folks and they're kind of just setting out. And he was, he was funny about not, he refused to talk much about the trip during the reconstruction because he was like, the second I start thinking about having rum and Cokes on the beach in, in Panama, there's no way this thing's getting done. So He was a he was a character to talk to which is always always a good thing as a writer He's gonna get this thing done And then he's gonna
0: go to all these places and have rum and cokes on the beach exactly gotcha so yesterday this would be Tuesday the 12th of June uh, was the Wisconsin special election. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, the, the following day. The results
1: have come out. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, so this was a special election for the Wisconsin State Senate, the first district of the State Senate, which encompasses all of Door, Kewanee counties, and then a little bit of Brown, out of Gamey, Manitowoc, Calumet, uh, formerly held by Frank Lassay And my favorite stat is uh, Frank Lassays I believe his uncle, Alan, the seat before Frank did, so Alisse has been in that seat for I, I want to say it's four decades or some just absurd length of time right. that the residents of this Senate district have been represented by an, by Alisse. So that that changed yesterday. Uh, Caleb Frostman, Democrat uh, from Sturgeon Bay, defeated Republican Andre Jacques so Caleb will be our our new state senator. Kind of the goofy thing about this is that Frank Lasse left his seat midterm at the end of 2017, and Governor Walker was required to call special elections, but these same candidates are going to run again for this upcoming November election. Sure. So the the timing was a little funny. Uh, At the time, Walker had said, he didn't want to call the elections because they're just going to run again in November. So, you know, you'll be representing for two months before having to campaign again. Right. Uh, but he was he was ordered by uh, the judicial system to call those elections. And the, the race was kind of watched nationally as the blue wave, as some people are calling it, sure. uh, the the potential for Democrats to capture a lot of seats in the upcoming November general election. Uh, This Senate district, I think think the number is it was won by Donald Trump by 17 points. So for that to to go from there to then flipping to a Democrat, the unofficial count was Caleb had won, I think it's 51.4% of the vote. So still a relatively close race, but to see that swing from a, a deep red in 2016 to even a very soft blue. Some people are calling that an implication of, of, a, of a pending blue wave. Right. I will add that there was also a special election in the 42nd Assembly District, which is just north of Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went to a Republican. So It's it, still up in the air. Maybe. It's still up in the uh, Yeah, I mean, you can read into anything as much as you
0: want but right and there's been a couple of elections over the past year or two that have have kind of created this idea of a blue wave and and it'll be interesting to see come the midterms what actually comes about
1: yeah but i mean both sides are gonna you you, you pick your story you know right i'm exactly. sure the democrats will say this is a harbinger of of the blue wave republicans will kind of downplay that so politics i guess and caleb uh like you said sturgeon bay
0: i knew him from the door county economic development corporation um so it's cool to see some door county blood running and 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 winning
1: the democrats really liked him as a candidate he's he was the executive director of door county economic development corporation he's a gun owner he's a big hunter so he kind of he kind of straddled that line between uh the left and the more moderate. So, a lot of people are saying that's kind of why he was able to rally a a larger base is because he wasn't so contentious, so far left, a little bit more towards center. Right. Yeah. So we've got the August primary for kind of the the, the bulk of our elections. It's August fourteenth, and then November is uh is the big one. That's going to be governor, uh, U.S. senator. Of all of our all of our midterm representation, so I'm sure this won't be. Uh, we we saw some colorful advertising for this election, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's not going to be over for the next uh, few months at least. Yeah, we
0: uh, as election season heats up, I'm sure we're going to get more and more of that. So moving along to our feature this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Jackson had spent some time working on a project that we're going to plug in here after the break. Jackson, do you want to kind of intro it a little bit?
1: Yeah. So every issue of uh, County Living Magazine, uh, our main news guy, Jim Lundstrom, likes to delve into the the history of, of names or the, the origin of names of many of the places we know in Door County. So uh, I took the time to kind of add a little life to uh, how Ellison Bay got its name. Great, well I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, Let's wrap it up here, Jackson. Thank you so much for chatting with me this week. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Welcome to Stories from the Door. I'm your host, Jackson Parr. This week, we've got the story of how Ellison Bay got its name. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with tax delinquency and a misspelling. For more on this story and the rest of Door County Living Magazine's archives, Visit DoorCountyPulse.com. You can blame the name Ellison Bay on the government, or, to be more precise, the government land officer who got Johan Brent Eliasson's name wrong when he filed a claim. Eliasson, recognized as the founder of Ellison Bay, was born in Denmark on September 12, 1823. Or, maybe he was born in Sweden. His legal papers and obituaries stated his birthplace is Denmark, yet several people who knew him, including a Swedish lady in Door County who said Eliasson was from near her own birthplace in Sweden, claimed he was born in Sweden. Another indicator that he was Swedish came after his death at age 85 on September 26, 1908, when two nephews from Sweden inherited his estate, which at the time amounted to 340 acres of land in the county. They were not as taken by Door County as was their uncle. After selling the land, they returned to Sweden. A 1904 newspaper ran this item. Uncle John Eliasson, who is now going on 82 years, continues in the usual good health and spirits, and he says he never felt better in all his days. Being now carefree, he is in a position to enjoy his declining days in solid comfort. It is not at all likely, however, that we will venture on the intended trip back to his native Denmark, as it is hardly possible for him to bear up under the fatigues incident to a voyage of about 4,000 miles. Not much is known about the early European part of elias's life, before he immigrated to America at the age of 33 in June 1855, eventually arriving in Ephraim, where he bought a stony 40 acres of land. Four years later, in 1859, he paid $6.11 for three tax delinquent lots of land in what was to become known as Ellison Bay. By 1870, Eliasson owned 588 acres, and eventually is said to have owned as much as 8,000 acres of land throughout the county. Much of that bought through tax delinquencies. It is uncertain when Eliasson made the move north to the area that would be named for him, but it must have been before 1865 for that is when government surveyors named Ellison Bay after him, in anglicized form. However, Eliasson was unaware that the area was named for him until he spotted the misspelled name on a government map several years later. Eliasson built himself a home that also served as a post office, for he was the postmaster. He also built a commercial pier to ship timber for his lumber business. According to reports, Eliasson was considered to be a wise and honest businessman. A newspaper once printed his business card, which read, John Ellison, dealer in Cordwood, Cedar Posts, and Telegraph Poles. Ellison Bay, Door County, Wisconsin. P.O., Ephraim, Wisconsin. So it appears Mr. Eliason not only accepted the misspelling of his name, but embraced it. However, a year after his death, a newspaper reported that needed material for repairing the John Ellison Pier was being accumulated. And there was this item, appearing from a local column shortly after Eliason's death. The funeral of John Eliason was largely attended by old settlers and others, as the deceased was one of the most popular men in the county. While his own worst enemy, his heart was always in the right place, as hundreds of people who had business and social relations with him will testify. Peace to his ashes. Ever wonder how Bailey's Harbor, Jacksonport, Chambers Island, and more are in their names? Visit dorkhoneypulse.com or check back on Dork County Pulse Podcasts.